Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. The message, uh, it is what I call that essential spine that sustains the Christian doctrine. And to be honest, when I was meditating and preparing this message, I realized why in the medieval time when Christian religion took over in most of the Western world uh, uh, politics and governing and, and determining people's life, why some legalistic religion, religion, le- religious leaders uh, prevented people to access the truth of the scripture. Because this kind of message that we're going to dive in today is the kind of message that if you really receive with revelation, you will never accept to be under the bondage of anyone's imposition of external appearance of religiosity. Like you'd be so free after this kind of message. And honestly, like uh, uh, politics and people in position of authority, sometimes they don't like that. They don't like to see people free and thinking in a free way that this kind of text lead us to be. Galatians chapter 2 verse 15 until verse 21 we're going to read it together and then we're going to pray uh, and start the message galatians chapter 2 verse 15 says we ourselves are jews by birth and not gentiles sinners gentile means non-jew yet we know verse 16 that a person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also, in other words, we, the religious people, Jewish people, we that, that holds the, uh, the sacred scriptures of the Torah, we also have to believe in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. You have to repeat that with me. Say, because Because. by works of the law, law, no one. one. So look to the neighbor and say, this includes you, dude. Like, you are part of this no one. Like, no one, repeat after me, will be be justified. justified. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 17, but if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ... Which you were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. Verse 18. For if I rebuilt what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Verse 20. Verse 20, you have to read together with me. Say, I have been... Crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Keep repeating. Say, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want to hear some shouts in the house because this is so... But just to read that, let this sink in just a little bit. 
this is everything I need. Let's finish up verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Bow your heads. Father, we pray in the name of your beloved perfect son, Jesus Christ, that died for us and gave his own righteousness to those who believe. And we are them. We believe. And right now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill this room with a sense of revelation. Let the eyes of our hearts be open so we can receive everything you have for us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. 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 So I titled the message today as Grace Justifies. So we are in this journey to prove to you that what you need to have a victorious Christian life, even for your daily life's issues like conflicts resolvement, conflicts resolution, you need grace. Last week, if you missed, we talked about that, that grace allow, empowers us to resolve conflicts. And today, we're going to be a little bit more doctrinal in the sense that grace justifies through faith. Now, this is so important that pretty much divided history. In the 16th, the 16th century, we had the 16th century, we had the Reformation uh, movement that pretty much brought this truth back to every lay person that wished to read that truth through the scriptures. Christianity will not exist if it were not for this truth. That justification comes by grace through faith. Now, I use a very uh, strange word for some of you guys, which is justification. So let me define justification. What is justification? It's to be counted just, righteous. It is God imputing into your account the perfect morality of Christ. It is the, the, the fact that now you have on your account the justice, the righteousness of Christ. Justification is what makes you fit for salvation. Let me say this again because it is not good people that will be in heaven. But only perfect, righteous people that will be in heaven. And you, and you know that if you look to yourself, you are not fit for that category. So you cannot rely on your own in your own deeds or in your endeavors. And because no one can enter heaven on based on their works, only solely those that believes and trust the finished work of the cross. So again, it is not enough to be good. You have to be good by God's standards. When I say this, I, I, I I didn't put this in my, my draft here, but I have to say because I was meditating the uh, annual biblical reading uh, past weeks. And when Moses in Exodus chapter 30 has that desire to see God's glory. And he's having this, you know, this amazing moment in God's presence. Having revelation about every single inch in details of the tabernacle. He says, God, I want to see your glory. Just reveal me your glory. I just want to see your beauty. And God says, I will reveal you 
all my goodness. If you remember the story, God placed Moses in a gap of a rock. You guys remember that? And God placed his hand and, and pretty much covers the, the, the gap between the rock. And God passes through in front of Moses, holding his hand. And you wonder, but why did God do that? It's because God said, if, I, if you really see all my goodness, you have to die. I said, die, die, like dying? And goodness, it seems it doesn't match. It's because the goodness of God, uh, in one sense, to be perfect, entirely pure goodness, will require entirely justice. And Moses and you and I are not fit to be judged in God's high standards. He will have to kill us. But his hand, his hand of grace, his hand when, he, when Moses and you and I are covered by Jesus Christ, the living rock. God can show all his grace, all his mighty strong hand of grace and favor. And definitely as we gaze at this amazing glory of God, as Moses, your face will leave the mountain shining and people are going to wonder what happened with you just because you beheld God's glory. I don't know if you got it, but let's continue. How can a perfect, holy, totally pure and just God accept such a filthy, blasphemer, immoral person like you, like me? God accepts us not because of our good works or good behavior, but through the act of faith in Christ Jesus. Which makes faith the only law that a Christian should fulfill. What is the only regulation, rule, that a Christian has to obey? Believe. That's the, our only requirement. When we believe in Christ and His work on the cross, we are declared righteous before God. Amen. And that is the solid base of the gospel message. Amen. We need to know this truth and apply in our day-to-day -day life few minutes, I'm talking like few minutes before this service in uh, today started, I had a small disagreement with my wife. And as any wise, experienced husband that knows how to deal with that and resolve any conflict, I definitely, as a man, had to finish with the final word. Yes, ma'am, you're right. So I finished like that, the discussion, but inside of me and probably inside of her, there was frustration. There was the sense of, come on, we're going to start the service and we are not agreeing exactly for the sake of the service. However, because me and her understands that is not because of our always doing right attitude toward one another, but because of the solid base of grace. We can stand in front of you all here in this stage and just encourage you to follow us into this open wide door that the the veil is not more present because the throne of grace is inviting us before God's presence justification is a legal term born from the legal system which means to condemn the opposite of justification means condemnation so it is to declare a person guilty that's condemnation so to justify someone is to declare that person innocent, blameless, righteous. Justification is the act of God's undeserved favor through which he forgives the sinner, declaring that sinner blameless. And more, accepting that sinner with a clean slate. 
Oh, no, no. This is so good to be true. I agree. It is really good. And it's true. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. And are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Say, a gift. God did not give you half of a gift. God did not give you a um, one-third of a gift. Justification is this value, is this principle in the Word of God that does not accept progression, graduation. It is a binary, uh, it's binary value. It is yes or no, one or zero. It is just or guilty, righteous or condemned. There is no in progress. Now, there's a lot of things in the Bible that accepts progress. For example, you can be holy or you can be in the holy of holies. You can be a little bit commit. You can be very commit. But in order to enter in heaven, you have to be righteous. There is no in between. Pastor, but if this is true, if it's just a matter of believing, what is the use of the law? What is, why God even brought the law if it's not to, through the law, get us into righteous position? Now, I need to go with you in Romans chapter 3 that Paul is going to explain us the use of the law. Verse 20, Romans 3, verse 20, by works of the law, no human being will be justified in God's sight, since through the law comes Knowledge of sin. Come on, you have to say that. Through the law comes knowledge of sin. So if I invite you for a treatment that we're going to put some very heavy uh, chemicals inside of your blood system. And besides that, you have to go through some machines that the, the radiation that are going to be thrown over your body will make even your hair fall. And you're going to feel weak. And maybe your bones are going to even crumble inside of yourself. Because I just want to invite you to do that. You might say, are you crazy? But if I let you know that the only way to treat your cancer is going through chemotherapy, you might say, I really need that. So the law is that diagnose of our sinful condition to lead us to know I am sinful. I need medicine. I need salvation. Verse 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Let me say that the law and the prophet, the Old Testament, we're always pointing to that point, to that sake, to that message. It's almost like saying, imagine that we all here, the only thing we know how to do is to crawl. Like we are unable to walk. We can't stand. But God says, you shall we always stand before my presence. No one will ever come to heaven in front of me crawling. You have to stand. But I'm unable. I'm a paralytic. I cannot do that. This is unfair. So you try your best. You get your crouches. You develop this exoskeleton system, just like a Tesla model thing, just to see if you can stand yourself. But you always ended up crawling. Two possibilities. You're going to point your finger at God. You're going to pretend that you are trying your best. But God says, it's still not my standards. Or you can, like the law and the prophets, we're always bearing witness. You can 
come to, to the end of yourself and say, I need grace. I need a redeemer. I need a savior. I cannot save myself. Heal me, God. And Jesus comes, heals you. You are standing before him. 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short. Which just reinforced my illustration of crawling. We're all in the ground. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every man is a sinner. Yet mankind did not know that fact. How would they know that state of sin? God gave the law. The law is the description of God's character. When we read, you shall not murder, it's just a portrait that God is saying, I am not a murderer. I am not a killer. I don't like death. So God is saying that if you want to walk close to me, you cannot kill people. But you say, I can do that. You shall not commit adultery. That is the description of God's character. Is his, his standard. This is how he is. You shall not stand with false testimony. You should not lie. Because I do not lie. By the law only comes the full knowledge of sin in our condition. Christ fulfilled the law. But I, I, I want to say that now in the grace of God. We also should look back to the law. Not as a mean for righteousness. But as a promise. That in Christ Jesus we receive the empowerment by His grace to fulfill that law. What, what I mean about that, and I hope you get that. For example, if you go to Exodus chapter 20, the descriptions of the Ten Commandments. And you get verse 13, for example, this says, You shall not murder. Grace instead says, trust me, son. Trust me, and I promise you, you shall not murder. Let me get you another example. So you see if you get it. While the law in Exodus chapter 20 verse 14 says, You shall not commit adultery. Grace will say to you, Son, daughter, trust me. And I promise you, you shall not commit adultery. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Because if you got that, it means that you guys are growing. It means that your grace sense is growing. But now definitely we have a problem. Because when we preach grace... I'm, I'm considering that you get already to that position that you realize you are a sinner. That you have this inner hollow hole inside of your chest that says uh, sex, sin, things of the world did not satisfy me. I need a savior. I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. However, in a post-Christian society as American is becoming so humanistic is even hard to to get to that point for example American Humanist Association front page website states that humanism is a progressive philosophy of life that without theism or other supernatural beliefs affirms our ability and responsibility to lead ethical lives of personal fulfillment that aspires to the greater good. The, the, the humanism mindset that we are so surrounded these days 
Actually, their slogan, their website is good without God. So don't come and, and, and impute your guilt sense under my conscience, man. This is just a taboo. This is just a, a religious taboo that Christians and other religions and other theisms created. But we all know that no matter how much they want to deny, as Blaise Pascal said, what else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but there was once in man, a true happiness, of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This man tries in vain to fill with everything around him, sinking in things that are not there to help he cannot find in those that are. Though none can help, since this infinite abysm can be filled only with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, this God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Unquote. So, I agree with Pascal here. This great mathematician, physicist, which, by the way, I identify with, and... Theologian just said the truth. No matter how much you can deny humanistic mindset, you can pretend that you don't thirst for righteousness. But we all have this God-shaped hole inside of us. Now, while the secular humanism pretends there is no hole, religiosity, legalism, pretends and creates a fake sense that you can be righteous by your own endeavors. Which one is worst? I don't think there is anyone worse. I think both is terrible enemies for the fact that without the mercy and grace of God, you cannot save yourself. The fact remains, our righteousness is nothing when the plumb line, the high standards of God's righteousness is in place. Because God himself is the standard and since God is the standard he demands for righteousness his demands for righteousness is unattainably high Galatians 2 15 we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ Maybe in our church, maybe in the context of Christian evangelical churches, we might not have many humanists among us, but definitely, as Paul always had in every church plant project he started, legalism was a big problem. The Judaizers were coming again saying that you should work hard, improve yourself in order to be accepted. Actually, Paul... What you say, it's very concerning. Because this will imply that you are giving a license for Christians to live a sinful and debauchery life. And sadly, many legalist Christians think the same today. Every time we start to preach about grace, they think that we are undermining holiness. And because of this, they try to add other rules. To the gospel. 
the Judaizers believed that the only way to be justified was keeping the commandments with a hard work. And again, this is the, this is the brand mark of every religion. Is that you can improve yourself with your effort. But I love how Paul destroyed that kind of thinking. He says, all right, try it out. Just try to see if you can do it. Oh, but I, I never killed anybody. Actually, you know what? I'm happy with my wife or with my husband. I will never commit adultery. That's easy. I can commit, like, I can obey these commandments. So Paul leads us in Romans chapter 7. I want you guys to go there with me. That says, what then shall we say? That the law is seen, verse 7, by no means. Yet it had been for the law. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. Now pay attention to his argument. For I would not have known what is to covet if the law had not said, you shall not covet. Look at me. Don't think in a pizza right now. You cannot think in a pizza. What you just did. Yeah, you thought, you thought in a pizza, right? And that's the problem of the law. It, ju it just like, it, it stirs up the covetousness. Verse 8. But seeing, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, producing me all kinds of covetousness. For apart from the law, sin lies dead. What I mean is simple. Paul is saying, okay, you might never kill someone or commit an adultery. But you cannot control your desire to kill someone. Even your spouse sometimes. Isn't it right or not? Now, you maybe never committed such a moral act. But you know what? Just that little gaze at that curves. Uh, I couldn't resist myself. I just covet right now. So Paul brings the covetousness argument, which I love it because it places everybody in the same boat of falling short of God's glory. If people were to honestly evaluate this question, they will realize that it will be impossible to enter heaven by the obedience of the law. Christianity says that we are saved because we recognize that we are sinners. And there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. But to trust in Christ and his finished work in the cross. Religion, legalism teaches that you must strive to please God. But Christianity says, I don't deserve it. Yet, I recognize it that. And because of this, God blesses me without any merit. Faith in Christ is not just a mental agreement, but it's a personal commitment. Let me say this very clear. Because I say that because if you don't get it, you, you're going to miss the point. Like, if I really want to get into a fight with someone, I call him a liar. Like, this week, I was called a liar. Brian as well. We were called a liar. Man, you get stirred up. Like, you, you, get, you are ready to fight. Because this person is, why is calling me a liar? But if you want to honor someone, you trust him. You believe in him. Let me say something important for you. God is giving you Christ's righteousness. And this is not a pretending game. That God may be, you know, just, just for the sake of their conscience. Let them 
pretend. Let, let, let me pretend that I consider them just. No, 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 no. This is a spiritual reality. The human way of trying to justify oneself is by the works, by their effort. They try their best into fulfill some sort of commandments. But God's way is through faith in Jesus Christ. So faith in Christ means to be united with Christ in one body. Faith in Christ is not faith in a doctrine or a theory about Christ, but faith in the person of Christ. This faith creates, creates a union in which we become one with Him. I am celebrating uh, the ceremony, the marriage ceremony of Tulio and Rebecca. And that was my word for them. If you get married, you are saying to one another, I have faith in you. I am trusting you everything right now as we exchange these rings. I believe in you. When a husband and wife get married, they believe in one another to the point of giving themselves, their bodies, their finances, their dreams to one another. Faith should lead you to surrender. When we believe, we are united with Christ. We become one with Christ. So if a poor woman gets married with a rich man, through this union, all riches comes to her undeservedly. There is no judgment. When we believe in Christ, we are grafted into him. He is divine and we are the branches. Our life is now the same as Christ's. One life. We were cut off from the old tree of sin. And we were joined to the true vine. By faith in him and in his death. Our old life was cut off. But when we believe in his resurrection. We are joined to him. And we have the, the pleasure and the power of eternal life. Pastor, we have to balance this message. This is so good to be true. There is one balance for grace because it's really good. If you really want to do your part, let's balance grace. Believe. Just believe. You don't need to balance grace with a little bit of law, with a little bit of regulation. Verse 17 of Galatians 2, but if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, which you were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. Now I know that the gospel of justification by faith is simple. And sometimes is scary for some legalistic minds. Usually people that have a hard time to believe in that. They think that we are preaching some sort of antinomianism. That it is this heresy that a Christian man and woman, they don't walk by any law. They are lawlessness. They are just crazy and wild. They walk in debauchery. They said if God considers a righteous person just by faith alone in Christ, I should just live reckless so the grace can be multiplying me. But the law is replaced with faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be seen who knew no sin. So that in him, we might become 
the righteousness of God. This righteousness is not a theory, guys. We were made blameless. We're not just a forgiven sinner. We're not just a forgiven murderer. No, 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 no. We are blameless. We never committed a murder. We never seen before. That's the reality of being born again. When we believe in Christ Jesus, our old is passed away and the new is our reality. Our righteousness is a gift from God. There's nothing we can do or stop to do. This gift is given to those who believe. And because we are part of Christ, God recognized Him as our righteousness. Our righteousness in Christ, it does not longer depend on my behavior. I am righteous because Christ's righteousness has been transferred to me. And today, you're going to stumble. You're going to have your falls. You're going to have that disagreement with your spouse that are going to create such a, a horrible feeling of frustration and sometimes condemnation. Because in the end of the day, you know, uh, the devil, he wasn't employed. He has nothing to do. So he decided to embrace an important title, Satan. And his name means the accuser. He does nothing else but that. That's his only job. Whenever you fall and you make a mistake, there was a misconduct, you just, you know, said what was not meant to say. Remember that. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. It's time for us to reject all the lies. The lie that God is angry with you. That I, you know, I am, I have an invoice open with God. And I have to quit this death before I even dare to approach Him. And again, please, I'm not re reinforcing this humanistic denial of the problem of sin. But because I know... I was a sinner, but His grace and mercy forgave me. I received the peace of God, and I stopped to walk in condemnation. Because of the finished work of, of the cross, God's wrath is satisfied. Now, some of you guys fight with introspection, and you get this scrutiny process inside because I deserve to suffer a little you know I was not supposed to say I was not supposed to behave and in your zeal and search for holiness you can see sometimes your flesh trying to justify yourself don't do that many confuse introspection with the work of the Holy Spirit they even quote John chapter 16 verse 8 when the Holy Spirit comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, Pastor, the Holy Spirit is convincing me about sin. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is convincing the world. You are in the second stage. 
He's convinced you of His righteousness now. He's invited you to accept His righteousness. Let me prove that to you. Verse 9. Concerning sin, because the world do not believe in me. You believe in Christ. You don't need to be convinced of sin. But concerning righteousness, we need a daily conviction. Because Jesus went to the Father. And you will see me no longer. So to, today the work of the Spirit is to convince you of the righteousness imputed on your account. So you can stand in the midst of your trials and even in the midst of your stumbling, trusting solely His grace. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If there... If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I don't trust my flesh. I don't trust my own fixing problems. I trust the life of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Do not nullify the grace of God. Believe today. Let me invite you to stand up. Pastor, but I fail. I fail badly this week. And I'm feeling condemned. The good news for you is Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Pastor, but it was in the past. I understand. In the past, I got it. Jesus washed my sins away by His blood in the past, but I sinned now, Pastor. Yeah, that's why the verb, the adverb there is not, there is therefore yesterday. It's not the adverb, it's not there is therefore tomorrow. No, no, it's now, now, right now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me pray for you. Close your eyes. Whatever how you came this morning, no matter how you approach this service today, there is freedom for you. There is an invitation to a victorious life. Not trusting in yourself, not trying to fix or improve yourself, but trusting solely in His grace. Would you pray with me? Just say with your own words that you trust His grace. That you're not going to rely anymore on your endeavors. In the works of the law, you rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Come on, for a few seconds, just say with your own words, God, I want to pray for the families. I want to pray for these marriages. I want to pray, God, for each one that is listening to the sound of my voice for every believer that place their trust in you let them also realize they are united with you united in the, the death burial but also resurrection life and let them enjoy the power to walk as a victorious overcomer man and a woman of God now some of you guys maybe is listening to my voice and wondering 
Pastor, I'm not sure if Christ. Getting myself distant from the church, from the fellowship. And I'm really accused right now because I am not sure that I am in Christ. Look, for mature experience, long, long time living as a Christian people, as for you that is listening.